We began a series last week called uh, the, the Best Blessings, and um, we want to continue that today. Just thankful for all these folks that were baptized this morning. Man, that's just, that's the things that Chris and I, when, we, when God called us to plant the hills, those are the things that we were excited about, dedicating babies, baptizing folks, uh, standing with people in their sorrow and also in their joy, and that's just a, a privilege. For those that were not able to be baptized today, we will be doing another one in January, so we'll let you know the dates on that as well. Katina's here November 29th. Excited about that. Man, I can't wait. At the end of this service, we will be receiving our vision offering, and uh, this is something that we initiated last year in November as well. Man, I'm all discombobulated. Say, bless him, Jesus. That's how the old timers used to do it. They say, bless him, Lord. That's when you knew you were in trouble when that old mama said, bless him, Jesus. You're like, oh, God, I'm messing this thing up now. How many have heard that one before in church? Bless him, Lord. In the South, we say that after we say something we don't like about it. You know, you're like, oh, well, uh, man, she didn't look good. Bless her heart. Like that somehow makes it better. I don't know. We'll be receiving our vision offering. This is something that we started last year, and uh, we gave you um, the highlights of that last week. If you didn't, weren't here to, to uh, see those, they're online. You can find them. It was amazing. Above our tithes and offerings, what was able to come in and what was able to go out. Not one penny of it did we keep and put into our general fund. It went right out to be a blessing to our community uh, over $60,000 that came in on top of tithes and offerings. So that's, that's amazing for a church our size. And so in a moment, we'll be receiving the first offering. And we've asked you to come today with a, with a special fruit. Special. Chris and I are going to be given a double portion of what we feel like God's called us to give uh, each month. And that's something we're going to be doing. So if you haven't made up your mind, uh, that giving, that vision envelope is right there on the seat beside you. And there is a commitment card we're going to ask everyone to fill out. We'll be receiving that in just a little bit. But I want to dive back into um, this series, The Best Blessings. And something we discussed last week is that blessings are from God. And that's an important thing to understand. I know we all think we know that. But when you understand that a blessing is from God and that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning, then you begin to be able to uh, separate what is just something cool that happens to you and something that is a blessing from God. And here's what we said last week. The blessing, it, it comes from God, and you can't do anything to deserve it. That's the difference in a gift a reward, and a blessing. Some folks say, man, I've, uh, I've been blessed with my job. i got a pay raise. That's not a blessing. You work for that. And that's the law of sowing and reaping. Even a heathen can get a reward for working, right? Look at your neighbor. They're a heathen and just say amen. <laughs> so that's not a blessing. You worked for that. A blessing is something that you don't deserve. You shouldn't get it. There's no way you could work hard enough. That's a blessing. And we're going to be talking over the next several weeks. We're going to go into December and we're going to be talking about families being a blessing for, from God. We're going to be, and because how many of you know that you can work as hard as you want to 
and still your family end up being a mess. Yeah. Right? How many know kids right now that are just crazy and their mom and dad did the best they knew to do? That's because good kids are a blessing. A good marriage is a blessing. And we're going to be talking about that. I'm going to get Kristen up here on stage with me. We're going to team teach and talk about relationships and, and family. And I'm excited about that. Other things we're going to be discussing the blessings. But I, I studied this whole week to prepare for today. And I, I had this whole thing. But I kept feeling God taking me back to what we talked about last week. When we talked about the blessing of giving. Acts chapter 20 and verse number 35 and I just want to say we're glad to have the Campbells in the house today. The whole clan except for Tiger, man. That's awesome. We love you guys. And Tony's mom and dad here, pastors and ministers, welcome. We're glad you're here today. Thank you for coming. Um, Acts chapter 20 and verse 35 says this. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is more blessed to give than to receive. How many of you, when you receive something from someone, you will say, man, that's a blessing, right? And it can be, but the Bible says in the words of Jesus Christ himself, the real blessing is when you give, not when you receive. Again, we say that all the time, but I don't think we really understand the context that the actual act of giving is what God's blessing. That act, when you take it and begin to hand it out. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, a minister that says something like this. When you let go of what's in your hands, God lets go of what's in his hands. So when you say, I'm going to give this away. Now look, I don't want you to think of this in the context of just writing out a check or writing out an offering envelope. I want, when I say giving, I want you to think about your time. Think about your energy. Think about the, the, what you give to other people and how you share yourself with others. There is something supernatural that takes place when you move into the action of giving. I believe this is one of the revelations that the body of Christ has not learned. Because we talk about paying our tithes and offerings. You don't pay them. You give them. Because when you pay... You expect something in return, right? You give. There is a huge different mindset when you begin to think about that. And something truly magical and supernatural happens when you begin to give something away. Your money, your time, your will. Think about that when you have to say, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to give my will over to God. Or when you submit yourself to someone else. Think about that. The gift of giving. But it has to leave your hand. It has to leave your hand somehow. It has to leave your bank account. It has to leave your wallet. Sweat has to come out of you. There has to be some energy that leaves you. You know, when you look up that word giving, you know what it means? In the original text, it means giving. That powerful? In-depth study. Giving means giving. Everybody look at me. Not renting. I'm going to rent this to you. Not loaning. Not investing. Giving. It's gone. 
Now think about that. How many of you give to people and say, I'm going to get a return on that? Raise your hand. Husbands, just raise your hand right now. <laughs> I know why you do housework. You're thinking later on there's going to be a return on that investment. <laughs> Please, God. Just, right? Y'all are quiet, man. Come on. You are. We think about, even I think when we give to charity or we give, it's that feeling of, man, I'm going to give this. It's going to make me feel good. It's going to look good. There's, there's a turnaround in it. That's not giving. That's just loaning or renting or investing or, or when you serve. Well, I'm going to serve and hope that someone notices that I'm serving. I do that when I take the trash out real loud, like banging it around, <laughs> bring it down the stairs. Hoping my wife will go, baby, thank you for taking the trash out. Now come over here and let's cuddle. That's not giving. All right, write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, hire someone else to write it down. Just write this down, okay? Giving means you do not have an expectation of a return. Now that's hard to do because we know the Bible says... That when you give, it comes back. But if you are giving, hoping that it's going to come back, that ain't giving. John chapter 12 and verse 23. This is where Jesus is talking about his own death, burial, and resurrection. John 12 and 23. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. In other words, it's getting ready to happen. My time here is over. I'm getting ready to die. I'm going to be buried. I'm going to resurrect. I'm going to ascend and be glorified. And then he says this, verse 24. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat or a seed falls into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So Jesus was teaching us the law of sowing a seed. He said you can keep the seed and hold on to it and enjoy that seed or you can take that seed, you can put it into the ground and watch it die and then it becomes a multiple harvest. Let me say something to you. When you sell something, that is all the payment you get on it. But when you give something, it becomes a harvest. Let me explain that to you. You have a business, starting a business, and someone comes in and you say, hey, I'm going to give, I'm going I'm to sell this to you. When they write that check out and you receive that check, that's the only harvest you ever get. That's it. However, if you say, I'm going to give this to you, that act of giving turns that seed into a harvest. That's, I'm not good preaching, but that's good preaching right there. When you give something, that becomes your seed to a greater harvest in the future. The, the same person that said, when it leaves your hand, God releases what's in his hand, also said something like this. When, when it leaves your hand, it doesn't leave your life. It just goes into your future and multiplies. And waits on you to get there. 
I could jump into a prosperity preaching right now if I really wanted to. Everybody say this with me. The harvest is in the seed. It's all in that little seed. Isn't that amazing? The harvest is in the seed. But what activates that seed is when you sow it in the ground. When you place it in the ground and then you trust the process. Again, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your walk with the Lord. I'm talking about your relationship with your wife. I'm talking about raising good kids. You have to take what God has given you. You have to put it in the ground. And you have to trust the law that God has put into action. Can you Pentecostals say amen? That's fine. Are those that wish you were Pentecostals say amen? Can the Presbyterian say amen? I know it's against your religion, but just do it for just a moment. Just say amen. What you Baptists? Are y'all good today? Any atheists? Y'all all right? Come on, let's go. Genesis 8 talks about seed, time, and harvest. Everybody say those three words. Seed, time, and harvest. So it says, this is what's going to happen. All the time. It's always going to be this way. Sun's going to go up, come down, on and on and on. And he said also seed, time, and harvest is always going to happen. I'm cool with the seed part. The seed part's good, right? Get blessed. Get a paycheck. It's my seed. I like that. That's good. And I am incredibly great with the harvest part. Right? When it comes up and it's fun and there's plenty of money and the bills are paid and lots of food on the table and me and Kristen are just getting along great and the boys are being obedient and nice. That's the harvest part. Right? The part that freaks me out is the time part. Can I get a witness on that one? The time part. Because that's where the trust comes in. I've sowed, I've sowed, I've sowed, I've sowed. I'm believing for a harvest, but now we just wait. That's where your faith kicks in. That's where your faith turns to trust, which I think is the greatest act of faith that you can have. When you say, I believe the word of God, I believe what his word says, and I'm going to place this in the ground, and I'm going to trust that it's going to come up. You know, we pray for God to bless our harvest. How many ever prayed for that? God, just bless my harvest. Bless it at the end of the year that I get more money back than I put in. I want you to bless the harvest. God doesn't bless the harvest. He blesses the seed. He blesses the act of giving. And when... Let me just say this. What you do with what you have is what determines if it's a seed or a harvest. What you do with what God gives you is what determines if it's going to just stay a seed or if it's going to become a harvest. How many like to have a harvest instead of just a seed? Are you all good? Your seeds in your pockets walking around with them? As for me, I'll just back a truck up. Beep, 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 beep. Harvest. That is activated when you make that action of giving. 2 Corinthians 9 And chapter 6 says this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Just stay there in 2 Corinthians 9. We're going to be there through verse 10 for just a moment. Man, what an amazing passage that you as 
business owners and entrepreneurs and coaches and teachers and husbands and wives, parents, this law that if you want a bountiful harvest, you got to sow bountiful seeds. If you want your relationship to flourish, you have to sow a lot into it. Now, if you just want to get by and like get to 25 years or 50 years and have a party, and we'll all go, yay, you're great. And then y'all go home and go into your separate TV rooms. And then that's, that's just sow a little bit along. Just get up in the morning. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Who's picking the kids up? I don't know. That's just sowing a little bit. But if you want to get to the end of your life, it'd still be flourishing and abundant. And you want people to look at your relationship and say, I want to be like them. How many of you got married? That was one of your goals. Raise your hand. You want people to look at you and go, I want to be like them. You and I have to make the commitment that we're going to sow more into that so that we can get more out of it. That works with your business. That works with your church. That works with your community. We want our community to flourish and be blessed. But are we willing to sow anything into that community? What you get is what you give. What you get is determined on what you give. Verse 7. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. He said, decide in your heart. Make a decision what you're going to give. Be intentional about your giving. Everybody say intentionality. Now, I'm a, I, I am a big like, well, let's just give that away. I love that kind of thing. But God's been directing me to be intentional with my giving. And that's why around the church we talk a lot about, about uh, automating the important. And as, as the majority of our church has moved to online giving and just makes it a lot easier, it has been such a blessing in my life because I, could, I, I click it. I know it's going to come out once a month and it's going to be taken care of. I've become intentional with it. Even in my, my vision, our vision offering, just intentional knowing what we're going to budget, what's going to come out, where it's going to go. Be intentional with your giving. You're intentional with your saving. Why wouldn't we be intentional with our giving? Strategic with it. He said, decide in your heart how much you're supposed to give. And then don't give reluctantly. Okay, I guess I'll write a check. Okay, I guess I'll spend time with you. Right? It's not, who wants that? Who wants to spend time with you when you're that way? Right? Just be cheerful about it. Not reluctantly and not in response to pressure. We, we changed our whole mode of, of asking folks to volunteer. We used to try to go, we really need you. We, come please help us. And hopefully people would. And we found out those people never stay serving. And sometimes they just leave the church because it's reluctant. They feel pressure. They feel obligated to do it. God said, I don't want you to do that. Because God loves a cheerful giver. That word cheerful in the original Greek means? No, it doesn't. (laughs) It comes from the Greek word hilarios, which gives us our word hilarious. How many like hilarious people? That's what God likes. He likes people that are just funny. 
They love to give. They're excited about giving. You know, we go to churches. Uh, when I used to travel, I traveled full time for 10 years. And, and I'd go to churches. And there were a few churches that they would say, it's giving time. And everybody was like, ah! scare me to death. What are y'all doing? What if, what if we just all started laughing hilariously when it came time to giving? I probably wouldn't come to this church if we did that. God loves someone who is just crazy about giving. That word, hilarious, also is the same word that's used in daylight and in song. Same Greek word is used in daylight and in song. So in other words, when it comes time to give or to serve or to share, you and I are supposed to be able to do it with a song. And when we do it, light begins to shine. You know, the Bible says this. Jesus said, when you do good deeds, people are going to see your good deeds and glorify God, which is in heaven. And he said, let your light shine. So our giving produces light. Let me talk about the elephant in the room for just a moment. I'm not talking about any of you that are here. 70% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Now what that means is, if they miss a paycheck, they're in trouble. There's no reserves. There's no savings. 70%. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I want seven of you all to stand up. I don't care which seven. That's fine. Y'all figure it out. Good. So in other words, out of those ten people, seven of them are living paycheck to paycheck. We need one more? Oh, thank you. Yeah, you go. Thank you. They were texting me. Were you going to stand or me? I don't know. You did. Out of those ten people, seven of them. Think about that. Seven of ten co-workers are living paycheck to paycheck. You may be seated. Do you understand what that means? You thought I was going to give you something? That's what I'm preaching about, sweetheart. Oh, I was going to end right then, but now i got to keep on preaching. It was it. I was going to close it right then, but now we're just going to keep. Y'all can blame her. Y'all I'll run in laps in just a minute, all right? I love you, girl. All right. So here's what that means. When I talk about giving cheerfully, 70% of you can't do that. Because all you can think about is, where am I going to get next week's? Where am I going to... What if I... You can't think that way. You load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me because I can't. Oh, we're in Nashville and y'all didn't hit that note. St. Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Y'all like Googling that right now? Like, what was he saying? 70% of people, when I teach about giving, When we talk about giving, when Christmas rolls around and everybody's talking about giving, you can't see through that debt. You ever notice that when you drive down 
the interstate and you see that big billboard that says $300 million? How many of you look at that and go, man, what could I do with that? Raise your hand. Come on, be honest now. You ever notice we don't really look at it until it like gets above 100 million? Like 25 million wouldn't do enough? You start hearing people, it's, it's 300 million. I got to buy a ticket, man. Because 5 million wouldn't have been good for you. You got to get the, the whole deal. All right, how many have ever looked at that and go, man, if I could just get that, things would change? Raise your hand. Yes. But here's what would happen you would get that 300 million or whatever it is, and you'd pay off your debt. And then you would start buying more because then you could afford it. Because what happens is our mindset hasn't changed. And because our mindset hasn't changed, our belief system hasn't changed. We're still thinking about getting instead of giving. What would I do? How could I? You ever notice that on that billboard, they don't really put where the money's going. You don't see pictures of students getting tuition paid, right? You don't see that because they know we don't think about where the money's going. We think about what we're going to get out of it. And God says, I want to change that mindset about you. I want you to change the way you think about giving and about receiving because we're motivated by what we can get out of things. And God wants us to be motivated by the act of giving and sharing. Why do we have to beg people to share the gospel? Why do we have to beg people to share our testimony? When that's the greatest wealth we could ever have. It's because we think about what we can get. Instead of what we can give. We don't need more money. We need less debt. Right? More money is not going to fix it. Less debt is going to fix it. And why do we need less debt? So we can give cheerfully. That's why. Not so you don't worry anymore and stress anymore. So you can have the freedom to give cheerfully. And not think about it. I want to encourage you, the 70% of you that are living paycheck to paycheck, I want to encourage you to get strategic about getting out of the bondage of debt. I cannot, as a pastor, stand here and preach about you giving if I don't talk about you getting out of debt as well. And don't wait on the church to offer some course for it, okay? We're going to do that, but don't blame that on us. That's on you. They're all out there. Go pay your $29.95 and they will walk you through it. Go to, there are so many ways out there. You just got to make up the mind that I want to get out of debt. And then I'm going to say, why do you want to get out of debt? And your answer has to be, so that I can give cheerfully. Yes. And then I'm not concerned about how am I going to pay off that third car. I'm going to work this thing out. I would love to see us become that debt-free church. And yes, we need to save. How many believe you need to save? If you're not saving, you need to save. You need to have six months, if you can, of, 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 of an income. Set aside. That should be your goal. Six months of income that you can get to if things start going down and things start going bad. That's, that's a great number for you to have. But you don't need to save to feel safe. Because in a moment, it can all be gone, right? 
We need to save. Why? So that we can give cheerfully. Because if we can get out of debt, and if you can save money, when it comes time, someone walks into your life, and they're in need, you can give them whatever they need without worrying about it and stressing about it. I'm not a good preacher, but how many say that's pretty good preaching right there, right? That's good. Thank y'all for that. That makes me feel better. And if we give cheerfully, here's what verse 8 says. And God will generously provide all that you need. He's saying, if you will give cheerfully and not worry about it, I'm going to take care of you. Then you will always have, listen to this. Read this with me. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Here we go. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. He says, I am going to take care of you. If you will focus on me and my house, I'm going to take care of you. And he said, the reason I'm going to take care of you is so you can take care of others. I'm not going to bless you so you can just be blessed and walk around going, I got it. I took care of it. He took care of me. Favor. No. He said, I'm going to bless you so that you can bless others. See the mindset shift? How am I going to get? How am I going to scrape? How am I going to sting? How am I going to save? How am I going to hold up and hoard? No, it's this open your heart out. For God is the one. As the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. You talk about a legacy. Remembered forever. Verse 10. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. I love how the writer takes us completely out of the picture. He says, God provides the seed, and God provides the harvest. You're just stewards of what he's allowing you to do. And what he's wanting you to do is to take the seed and bury it in the ground. Trust it. Trust it. You put it in good soil. Put it into the kingdom. And watch God give the increase. So why do we give? I'm about to close. So why do we give? The question, that question is actually the answer. Everybody say, why do we give? give? And then say this, that question is actually the answer. To be a cheerful giver. To be a giver that God loves. To be a giver that God blesses. We must give from the why. So why do we give? That's the answer. You give from the why. You don't give to the what. You don't give to the where. You don't give to the who. A cheerful giver learns to give from the why. And the why is this. I'm not giving to be blessed. I'm not giving because God needs it. And I'm not giving to meet a need. God's going to take care of that. I am giving because it is God-like. And I want to be like Him. You're never more like God than when you give. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his prized possession. So if you're writing checks because you want to be blessed, don't do that. Wrong mindset. You're giving from the wrong. You're giving the wrong way. If you're writing checks because you, you want, to, uh, you want, to, you want uh, to meet a need, wrong way to give. Is that changing your mindset a little bit? If you're writing checks because you think that somehow God needs what you have, or he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and, and he's, the earth is his footstool. I mean, I don't think God really needs what we have to give. But God knows that when we give, we become more like him. God's so loved. You know, we always say this around the hills. There's a difference in a love and a so love. Right? Because a love is, and I love my community. But do you love it so much that you're willing to give to it? We have folks all the time that say, I love this church. Well, great. Do you love it so much that you're willing to give? See, a soul love compels you to give. You can't help but give because you're understanding the why that you're giving. What if we've been saying, God, make me more like you, and the answer to that prayer is in your wallet and in your time and in your energy? The smile, buying someone's meal, leaving an extra tip, giving a big squeeze. What if that is the answer to that prayer? To be godlike, we have to develop a heart of giving. How many received that word this morning? Receive that today? One writer said this we don't, God doesn't want us to give so that because He needs it. He wants us to give because he knows that we are selfish. And that breaks down that. I want to pray for you today. In just a moment, we're going to be receiving our first vision offering of this year. And I'm excited about it and where it's going to go. We'll remind you of those here in just a moment. But I want to pray over you right now. Would you just close your eyes? I thank you for your time today and your attentiveness. This is giving is never really an easy subject to preach on because you're going against, you're running against the current. Because all of us really do think about ourselves and what we're going to get and how we're going to keep it. But the gospel attacks that. The gospel says, give, give. And Jesus shed his blood with no absolutely no guarantee that there would be a return on that investment but he gave anyway I'd love to see the hands of those of you today